Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. When it comes to our life, we all have one thing in common. We work for a living. We go out each day, invest our time into the workplace in return for money. Your career is the single and biggest investment in your life. And if you were at our Sydney and Melbourne shows, you'd know that we're going to be doing more stuff around this career thing over the next six months and into next year because it's the next big thing. In this episode, I'm chatting with Seek Research Manager, Carolyn North, and we're talking about the laws of attraction, which is a free interactive data tool on the Seek website that is designed to help you uncover the drivers that attract candidates to a role. If you're an employer of people like me, you probably know that attracting top talent can be complex, so understanding the things that candidates care about can make it simpler and give you a competitive edge. On the other side of the coin, if you're an employee, you can use this data to negotiate stuff like salary, flexible working hours, and career development in your job or when you're looking for a new opportunity. This tool can let you filter down by industry, gender, location, and a bunch of different factors to uncover those core drivers. And we'll put a link in the show notes to the Laws of Attraction tool. Make sure you check it out. Now, this episode is brought to you by Seek. I found it really fascinating. I loved talking with Carolyn, and I just want to get you guys to pause all your investing, and all your money stuff, everything like that, because this stuff doesn't matter unless you guys are really happy about your work and your career. So listen out for the practical takeaways, get encouraged, enjoy the ride. I'm Glenn James. You're listening to My Millennial Money. Caroline, thank you so much for joining us on My Millennial Money. I just want to position this like a lot of this stuff and the laws of attraction tools on the Seek website, which I've used and it's fascinating, the data that you've got, as much as it is... Uh, a really good tool for businesses. It's so good as an employee to know what businesses are after, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You want to be in conversation as a candidate with the organisation that you are looking to join. So, you want to know what you can be looking for, what they could be offering. Um, And so, it can act as a personal checklist for you to really think, where's my career going? What am I doing with this? And how can another organization or future organization help me along my journey? Yeah. So, what's your role at Seek? Yes. So, I'm a research manager here at Seek. Um, I've been with Seek coming up for over 11 years now. Um, So, I look after a number of different research studies, including Laws of Attraction. Yeah. And how long has Laws of Attraction been going on for? Um, So, this is our third iteration and it's been in market for 10 years now. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. So, talk us through the research study and what you're trying to uncover. 
Yeah, so essentially, Laws of Attraction is a research study that looks to understand the drivers of attraction of candidates. So, you know, as a candidate, what is it that you are looking for when you're looking for your next job? Um, and as you mentioned, we did develop this primarily with hirers in mind because we wanted to help them facilitate better conversations with candidates. Mm. I mean, ultimately, it's about the conversation that we're help, um, able to connect when you're posting a job ad, when you're looking for that next opportunity so that hirers out there are communicating in a way that's relevant for you. Mm. Um, so really, to do this study, we actually did a huge amount of research in the background to understand, well, what are the drivers? Mm. Uh, and 10 years ago, we identified 13 different drivers of attraction. And you can think of these as uh, buckets, if you like, of information that you might want to know something about. Um, and underneath each of those drivers is a huge amount of detail that we go into. So, for example, one of the drivers is work-life balance, yep. right? But Work-life balance, like what does that mean? It could mean something different to different people. So uh, we actually look at all the detail, for example, that could sit behind that. Mm. And, you know, I'm looking at the, uh, the study that was done at the end of last year. Uh, the respondents, you know, is very heavily uh, millennial, right? Like we've got um, 60% 25 to 34, uh, 40% 35 to 44. So really our audience who I'm speaking to, and that's why I want to get you on. There's a good balance, uh, 55% women, 43% men, and 2% gender diverse or self-described. Look, I will say most of the respondents were in a large town or city, uh, 92%. Uh, any other stats there of note? Yeah, I think some of the things that I also think about typically when I'm thinking about the state of seniority yes. as another. So, for example... We know that there are a variety of different measures that are more likely to drive difference. So, great, we've got millennials, but not all millennials are the same. Um, and so, typically, like your generation is one driver of difference because it can be an indicator of where you are in your career, mm. but um, your seniority, and that's not an exclusive to an age. So, we have a variety of levels of seniority. And just on that, and this is, you know, I've prepped some questions to ask you and I'll always hear something and think about something and go there to the dismay of many of my listeners. But looking at this stuff, like we have genuine listeners, good quality people who are in their 50s and 60s. Now, if they want to still tweak and change their careers, looking at this data and understanding what employees want will still help anyone of any age, right? Absolutely. We, I mean, the data in this data set is comprehensive and reflective of the Australian working population, but it's even better than that. This data is actually of people looking to change jobs in the next two years. Yeah. So, just like I wouldn't ask someone their opinion about cars if they weren't in the car market because it's really not that necessarily relevant in their mindset, this data, we've made sure that it's really honed to people that are in that consideration set of actually changing jobs. So, that's the audience that you want to be talking to. Yeah. And it's reflective. So, we've got all generations, industries, age, genders. And even in terms of places of birth, 58% of people born in Australia, 42% born elsewhere. This is an interesting one as well. 30% are 
of respondents did have children in the household because we'll talk about that as well as part of um, some maybe flexibility in the workplace and 64% uh, didn't have children yet. So if we bring it back to um, the key drivers, what are the top five drivers in the workplace that millennials want? Uh, yes, so the actual top five drivers for millennials are salary is their number one driver. Um, and that's got an important score of 27%. Uh, that's followed by work-life balance, which has an important score of 23.5%, career development, which has an important score of 15.4%, um, organisational culture, which has an important score of 7.3%. And then you've got um, culture of the, the actual management, uh, which is sitting at 6.1%. And I'm going to give you a sixth one because yeah, it's very on par. Um, it's job security um, or market position, which is sitting at 6%. Well, culture really crosses too there, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like in the common workers area and all us out there in team land, but yeah. also the upper management. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. So it's looking at that overall, overall organisation mm. plus the importance and the impact of management either because you are part of that set or because that's the management that are influencing your day-to-day -day experience within your job. So if you are in the job market, on balance, this would be a pretty accurate reflection of everyone listening here of what they would probably consider their top five because that's what the data says, you know, on balance, making these on balance calls. If someone wanted to look for a role and salary compensation and comparison – how can they actually do accurate measuring when they are doing their research? Because salary, it, it is only one part. And I don't know, like just you work at Seek here. Every time I see an, an ad, it's like, just tell us the salary. Like, I don't know, I'm just giving you a, a bone here to just to pick up and chew with uh, because we're in a jobs boom at the moment. And are we saying, well, salaries are good everywhere generally? Are we saying that if they don't show the salary, does that mean it's not a good salary? Are there any myths that you want to dispel? Yeah, so I think, I mean, the first thing is, one of the things that Seek does is it actually has a hidden salary search on all jobs. So any job that's advertised is given a hidden salary ban. So one of the good things, you can narrow within a field. Now, you can't get down to that detail, but you can always narrow jobs down to within a field, um, of a salary band, whether or not it's explicitly advertised on the job in their job ad detail. Yeah. Um, the other thing is a more broad kind of cultural societal ex uh, uh, acceptance of talking about salary mm. um, and actually having those salary conversations. Because when salary and compensation is the number one driver, it's not just saying, I want more money. It's the conversation around, I want to know what the money is. I want to know how that's going to give me the opportunities and choices that I want to make in my life or how it's going to help me meet my basic needs of putting food on the table, having a roof over my head, clothes on my back. So these drivers where we're looking at... Um, especially the top three drivers like salary, work-life, balance and career dev, they actually align um, to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And so they're very fundamental. There's a real kind of truth in them, mm. which is why having 
run this study over the last 10 years and not just run it over various time periods, but also in other countries. So we've run it in New Zealand. We've also run this study in our APAC countries. So for example, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Philippines. We actually see a very consistent trend in having those top three drivers typically in some sort of order, no matter who you are. This is really good because I'm just thinking there, like if I'm sitting here listening to this as a listener and maybe when I was 25, okay, million years ago, you're thinking, oh, I really value work-life balance. I shouldn't talk about that in an interview, but the world has moved and it wouldn't be weird to not bring it up at an interview at an organisation, right? Absolutely. And more so now than ever before. And if anything, that is the single thing that the pandemic has done in terms of our drivers of attraction. When I look at the data, I actually see huge amounts of consistency. And there is a massive story in that. Mm. But if I'm looking for the change, it's in work-life balance. And it's gone from being a nice-to-have or a delighter to being a must-have not in terms of the hierarchy, but in the detail. So that thing around work from home or hybrid working, pre-pandemic, you know, take an industry like information technology, for example, Mm. maybe one in eight candidates was saying that's a must-have, as in I will reject your opportunity or not look any further if you are not offering this. It's now one in two. Mm. And Behaviour change is incredibly difficult. Like as a marketer, as a researcher, this is literally what I spend my life kind of doing and supporting behaviour change and it's incredibly difficult to get, which is again why we see such stability in this fundamental data. So when something like the pandemic and you see this seismic shift and it is around the perception, as a candidate, I can ask for these things, talk about these things without thinking it's going to negatively impact on my career opportunities, on my earning potential, on my perception in the workplace. And likewise, on the hire side, that I can actually accommodate having um, my employees working at home without questioning, are they going to be productive? What's going to happen to the culture? Like, can they functionally and technically work from home? Um, So we've seen this shift. Um, The one thing I would say is that this is really in one set of industries, if you like, and that's office industries. Sure. You know, we've got service industries, we've got resource and trade industries, and your listeners will be across all of them. Mm. Um, And and so that work from home dynamic is definitely more so on the, the office industries. But I think as well, like, we can learn from different um like if we look at this data set and it's white collar, for example, right? And you could you could say that, you know, career development, third biggest driver at 15%. If you're a tradie and you love your job, you love what you do, we know it's a hot market. There's no reason when you are speaking with your boss or manager to say, hey, there's a new... S-Bend coming out and, you know, this plumbing company's got a trade show on. I'd love to go along. I'd love to learn. I'd love to then come back and, you know, over lunch one day, just share my top five learning. So as much as this is white collar stuff, I honestly believe that we can glean 
and adapt a little bit to oh. every profession. Oh, 100%. And I'd, I mean, the, the, the office or white collar base really is specific to work from home yeah. hybrid where we've seen this massive leap and jump. Now, if we were looking at like trades and resources, for example, the focus is more around flexibility of of, of timing of work. So being able to take unpaid leave or time in lieu, for example, um, working different rostered schedules. So maybe it's a nine-day fortnight or... So it's around... Like work-life balance is universal, but it doesn't look universal. Um, so the need for it, we all have, but the way we want to experience it is very particular to our own life circumstances, mm. our own life stage. So maybe we've got family, but maybe we don't, and that might massively determine whether or not we actually need the flexibility to fit around school pickups and um, weekends or whether it's a flexibility because actually I, I want to get out of here. I want to go on holiday somewhere mm. and um, yeah. I love these conversations and thank you just for letting me take it anyway because this stuff is so valuable. There's one thing that all of us have and that's a career and we need to do maintenance. We need to invest in our own career and I'm just thinking practical takeaways for this episode. If you are looking for a new job, if you are looking to stretch yourself and get out there, straight up, write down these six things, salary, work-life balance, career development, organizational culture, what's the culture like at management and job security slash employee turnover. Write those six things down that is the premise of some questions that you can ask a new employer. Absolutely. Yeah. You like that be- is the value of this episode right now for you if you're on a tram in Adelaide and you're yeah. in, the job, in the job market, right? Absolutely. Remember those interviews are two-way. Yes, absolutely. And for example, like if it was an office space role and it is, if, the, if you mention, oh, so what's your view of work-life balance? for example. And then the interviewer goes, well, you know, nine to five and, you know, you've got X amount of days holiday per year and you come to work, you go home and, you know, it's strictly business. That could be an indication there of the follow-up question you're going to ask about culture anyway, right? Absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, all of these layers are very, there's a lot of interplay between them. Um, And, Interestingly, what we actually see when we look at people working in the HR and recruitment industry is um, career development, for example, isn't on their top three. I mean, that's the industry they're in. They perhaps implicitly know it. But I think what's more interesting is that in their top three is culture of the organisation because they understand the role that culture plays in an organisation's ability to actually deliver on everything else. So. Um, being able to have a transparent culture around salary and compensation, talking about um, annual review periods, for example, or benchmarking of salary, uh, having a culture that actually allows for a variety of work-life balance options and not just ones that only suit a particular type of person, for example. Um, And, you know, culture to be able to support someone's career development within the organisation. So there is a lot of interplay between a lot of these. If I just press pause and sidestep to the right for a moment, we've got a heap of people who listen to My Millennial Money and they run a business and they may employ people. And what are you doing listening to this? You should be over listening to the My Millennial Business Podcast. But anyway, hang on until you go over there. So for those business owners, how can 
businesses ensure that they have these drivers in place as an offering? Because I'm a business owner. I want to attract good quality people and I want, you know, it's this what's good for the geese is good for the gander thing, right? It, and you said it before, it is two-way. But for the business owners, can they also write down those five or six things and do a self-assessment and then at the next interview with the candidate say, here are some top five issues. We think we pay people good. We've got good work-life balance. We offer some career development. Culture is pretty good. Uh, we don't have a high management team, so forget that. Um, and the shortest standing employee has been here three years or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this study was actually sat in the heart of employer value propositions and so understanding and being able to talk to organisations about what their employer value proposition is. And an employee life cycle, we typically look at it in three phases. So you've got the attraction phase, which is clearly where the laws of attraction absolutely sits in its heart. Then you've got the engagement phase where you are um, interviewing through to probably the first three months of onboarding. And then you've got the retention phase and that's your existing employee, employee base. And you can think about all of those phases, those three distinct phases, and really break down what are all the touch points that you are having in your communication um, with candidates or employees that you can influence what you are saying or what you're providing and using it again is that two-way feedback loop it's not just what you're saying it's listening to what the market wants mm. either externally or your existing employee base and reflecting on that and the laws of attraction data is a great base to be able to sense check that against and as you're talking i'm writing things down you know, it's the law of attraction, which is very similar to like the the law of cause and effect, right? And, you know, if I do want a six pack, well, what I need to do is reverse engineer it and do 50 crunches a day for probably in my case, 21 years straight, right? But it's back engineering it. So I just love talking about this stuff because so many of our listeners are employees and there's so many uh, business owners as well who employ people and, you know, in, in we talk about like to the engineers that are listening, hello, sorry, I always annoy you, uh, to the scientists, for all the, the, the data people, you can you can have a your next job hunt or your job role data-led by just following this data. Absolutely. And you can have a really strong data-driven conversation when you are trying to influence either yourself mm. or if there's other stakeholders as part of that decision-making process and actually use the data to, to support your decision-making process about, well, if we want to be competitive in the market and fundamentally your employees are your number one asset to your business success. So if you want to be able to be competitive and it's a competitive market, like mm. more so now than ever before, but actually always, because you don't just want anyone, you want the best of the best. Mm. Then using data to help support initiatives or clarify initiatives, it's not always about doing something new, it's just raising it to the surface and go, why aren't we talking about this? We do this, why aren't we talking about it? Let's start talking. I would, like, I just, this is so fascinating, just giving this the, the space in the room like if you go for a new job and they do not talk about your career development, work-life balance or the t 
culture of the team, sure, they might you might hear that it's a 90 grand salary or 65K salary. Awesome, taken as red. It's a non-starter, really. Like, because if organizations don't have this as cult, they're going to be left behind. And as we'll walk into this room, there was a big ice cream machine out there, a big freezer, and there's all these ice cream for staff. Clearly, I don't work here or there'd be none left. Like, you guys breathe this stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. We do live it and breathe it. I mean, clearly, I've been here 11 years, so um, it's testament because that is such an important part of this as well. It's not enough just to talk about it. You have to deliver on it mm. because the most trusted source of information about what your organisation is like are the existing employee database or the existing employee set. So, it's not enough just to advertise it because you will get that person in the door and it will be a revolving door policy mm. and they'll be straight out if you're not delivering against what you've promised. We were talking before how I wrote the book Sort Your Money Out and Get Invested, right? And I, I was talking with a couple of publishers and for me as a business person, it kind of is like an employee relationship because if I go into a business deal, there needs to be the alignment of you know culture and some other things that are different to this list. But one of the questions I asked the publisher, which is Wiley, the big publisher uh, in Australia and around the world, there was like seven people on this big group call. I said, hey guys, I'm going to ask you a really random question. And I said, I want to know how long each of you have been employed by Wiley, the publisher. You know, the newest employee there had been there for seven years. Wow, and, that's amazing. And when they finish that, I'm like, I choose you guys as my publisher because I know that the culture in that place is one that I want to connect with. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic. It is a really good sign in many situations. Well, it ticks the security thing. Yeah, absolutely. It probably ticks all the other things as well, right? Yes, absolutely. You've got to say, well, if they're there for a long time, they must be delivering on all the aspects that are important to them. Otherwise, they'd be looking elsewhere. Now, there's a couple of situations where that might not be as relevant. Mm. So, obviously, um, in some startup situations yes. where... Yeah, um, the company's only been around for 10 minutes. <laughs> exactly. So, where it's harder. So, because um, I'm getting to the point where I'm nearly uh, going to be creeping up on I've been at Seek for half its organisational lifetime, which yeah. is, you know... But it's so startup situations... Um, and then I guess that you you want to make sure it's checking against values in terms of apathy, that it isn't mm. like an apathy that's, you know, setting in culturally yeah, within an organisation. Yeah. Um, Maybe they were the wrong fit for the book. No, I think <laughs> Too late that now. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'll be buying it. I'll be reading yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just fascinating. And the whole thing is like, no, you know, can I just, I don't yeah, know yeah. whether you're going to put this in. So there's the reason I... No, really, no, go there. Say it on. Can I? Got, okay. Yeah. So um, there's been a term banded around, and I don't know if you heard it, called quiet quitters. Oh. So it's worth checking out. And um, and I can send you a link after this. Um, it got shared with us. You know, it's been getting a little bit of... And what quiet quitting we'll is... We'll put it in the show notes as well so people can click on it. Yeah, okay. So it's where people are not leaving their job. But they are staying in their job, but they're just not putting their hand up for the extra work. They're not doing anything above and beyond. They're not doing any overtime. They're quietly quitting. So they're staying in their job, but they're sort of cruising along. Now, there could be some positives to this. 
I'm not going to say it's all negatives. You know, like you could realise that actually, I, you know, I can juggle and balance things differently. Or you could potentially get a cultural creep mm. come in where you have gotten apathetic. But that's like, um, you know, in a lot of, from my observation, I haven't experienced this myself, but like when a relationship or marriage breaks down, like their head and their heart and the emotions left the relationship 18 months, two years ago. Their body was just around. And that's the, such a great analogy. The quitting of the divorce is just the execution, but the decision was made 18 months ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. What we're going to do, we'll take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to read a couple of comments that uh, you guys wrote in on Instagram and we'll just chat about it and we'll be back right after this. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, we're back. So, I put up on Instagram that I was meeting with Seek today and we're going to have a chat about this data stuff and, you know, the all the things that we have in the workplace and whatnot. And I just threw it up there for any questions or comments. So, Caroline, can you see any comments there that you think might be worth talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I've got one here, um, which is offer flexibility for working parents. And I think this is really important, mm. um, especially for millennials thinking about the life stage that kind of as millennials you're in and ensuring that it's um, working parents, so reflecting the diversity of your workplace and the diversity of the needs across both um, mothers and fathers or mothers and mothers or fathers and fathers. And it really ties into the focus around work-life balance and so there's lots of ways that this can be communicated and it's interesting because it's one of the things that we actually see uh, you know a significant difference between say millennials and gen z is around parental leave um, and that desire and need to have communication and conversations around what parental leave policies are for mm. organizations yeah it's actually 
as an employer of people, if one of my team asked me in confidence, hey, parental leave, what's the deal? I can't be upset because welcome to life. People have families. And, you know, if it's a problem, you don't want to be around that employee long-term anyway, right? Oh, absolutely. And so there's, um, so you, you've got the parental even, you've got things like, uh, do you have a return to work uh, flexibility so mm. that people can take a working day as they work up to coming back to work, for example. At SEEK, we call them keeping in touch days when you're on parental leave. And then there's also coaching someone back into the workplace after being on parental leave. But then, of course, once you've got the family, the family aren't, you know, it's not just a, a one-year parental leave experience. You've then working in with what's that fl- flexibility going forward. So, mm. you know, are there additional leave days, um, flexi leave days, for example? One thing I think COVID really helped with uh, in society was that whole thing that that person you're having a Zoom call with, it's not a position, it's a person. And there is a little kid that's running behind the Zoom thing. Oh, the news reporters. They were the best, weren't they? (laughs) I saw a meme the other day on Instagram and this guy was doing a live Zoom to like a BBC or something like that. And his flatmate um, tied him his hands up and um, like, and he hopped through the back of the camera trying to scream, help, help. Like he was kidnapped. It was hilarious. Oh, that is brilliant. Yeah. So everyone try that to your flatmates if they're on an important (laughs) call. Tie yourself up and pretend you've kidnapped. Keeping it real. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, parental leave and families and kids, like if you're an employer and you expect people never to take leave off, you're in the wrong atmosphere. You're on the wrong planet. Like, welcome to life. Yeah, absolutely. And welcome to life. It's not just parents that want the flexibility. Like at different points in time, we want it for different reasons. And it might be carers leave. Maybe mm. it's not our kids. Maybe it's our parents that we're having to think about or look after or our partners, um, mm. so, you know, there's all sorts of reasons. And then there's the, I want flexibility in my life because I want to have the life that I want. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thanks for that, Marie underscore H123. But interestingly, like, so my work contracts uh, with my team, it says, you know, you get eight days, sick day a year, right? And each year they roll over. Now, I've got a staff member off sick today. And staff members get sick. I get sick. Welcome to life. You know, that's this whole baseline thing. Welcome to life, people. Like, if you don't have realistic expectations as an employee or as an employer, we need to have that, um, you know, spoon of sugar or whatever the saying might be. Not even a saying. Um, But I don't log into zero and update it. Like, who cares? There's eight a year. If you have 10 ad hoc, sweet. But because we've got a good, robust relationship, my mantra is don't screw me and I won't screw you. Like, it might be harder if there's a thousand people in the building, but, you Absolutely. Know. Oh, no. Um, but that's it. Like, you've got to have the policy that reflects the organisation, where mm. it's at, what its needs are. But, abs- I mean, pretty sure it is, is still the same policy. I haven't actually checked it out, but it was unlimited sick leave yeah. when I joined SEEK. Unlimited. Yeah. yeah. Because you've got a culture where you're not go- going to abuse or use it. Like, and if you need it, you need it. Mm. And the company cares. They care and they want you to feel unstressed and supported for mm. whatever need and period that you have. And I think, you know, it obviously different. Like, I, I wouldn't blatantly come out and say that I can 
pay for unlimited, unlimited sick leave for the stage of my business. But it is that whole, you know, I, I want to look after people. And the minute I sense someone taking advantage of my niceness, I start to snap. Probably need to edit that out, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> ah, stuff it, we'll leave it in. Uh, Keep it in, keep yeah, it in. Yeah, whatever. Hey, there's a question here. keeping it real yeah. and welcome to life. <laughs> That's right. Okay, there's a question here or a comment, underscore A-N-T-Z-L, and she wrote mental health days. Mm. Now, I have seen this creeping in. I might be a bit of a boomer, happy to be that way. And I joked before that you get two a week. It's called Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is coming from somewhere. I'm bloody in my bag there. I've got my Zoloft. Like I've, I'm very acutely aware that I have mental health issues. But for me, the key is to have the cadence in my life so it doesn't cause me to shut down. And my encouragement to employers listening, I don't know why I'm saying this. You should be, you're the professional. No, this but is like, great. My encouragement to the employees would be look after your team so they don't need a mental health day. How about that? You know, cash me outside. How about that? And, you know, it's just my team. I've said it over and over. I want everyone just running on 80%. I don't expect 100 or 110%. There will be weeks. We're on tour at the moment. We've got to come up and smash 100%, 110% for short periods of time but it's not good for me to run on 100% 25-8 and I'm a person. So how is that good for any of my team to run on 100% 25-8? Oh, 100%. Like it's really about getting that balance right. And if having Saturday and Sunday isn't saying that's all we care about, but it's actually about saying because that is your time what we honour, we put boundaries around it. It is mm-hmm. yours. You're not on a Saturday and Sunday, oh, just checking in or oh, just taking the odd call or worrying about mm-hmm. it or something. Um, but, I mean, the, the mental health, the, the pandemic really threw a spotlight. I think it's it's been a topic of conversation for a long time, but I think the pandemic really threw a spotlight on mental health. And again, like so many things, opened up an acceptability to talking about mm. mental health, especially as it relates to workplaces. And the acknowledgement and reflection that um, mental health is always there, like it's not broken arm that you then heal from it is the arm it's your mental health is something that you should be caring about 24 7 Mm. 365 days a year so and if it's a case of well this is our company culture that saturday and sunday are your mental health days that's it like max those out like Mm. that's and you know if it's after 5 p.m that's your mental health time max it out because Mm. we are not going to encroach on it or you know there's so many ways that you can approach it as well like like I remember chatting to an organisation and this was a sales and recruitment organisation where they had a Friday afternoon off policy every week, Friday afternoon off, which for a sales environment is, you could say, unusual, mm. but it did great things for the team, massive things for their culture and uh, the, the organisation, their ability to attract. Uh, like they had recruiters wanting to join them, for example. So you can... It has a full circle kind mm. of ability and focus 
on attracting candidates. Yeah, and I think, like, and I'm just speaking for myself, everyone. I'm, I can't imagine everyone else's situation, what they're going through. But on this mental health day, you know, Glenn James, I may have said Zoloft before I meant Effexor is my medication. It doesn't matter, but whatever. It's the perfectionist in me if I misspoke before. I have a personal responsibility to make sure I am as mentally sound as possible and I have to bring that to work. Now, when I see the mental health day thing, I don't think it's, I don't know if I would want to or need to mandate it in my team or my culture because, you know, we're about to do this four-day work week trial and for me it speaks to your workplace shouldn't be putting that much pressure on you to need to take time off in addition to two days of breathing space or, you know, that's kind of my heart around this discussion because yeah. having, if I said to someone, oh, yeah, we're having one mental health day or you get five days a year or whatever, it's not solving the problem if there's a structural problem with like points three and four about the organisational culture, right? Yeah, exactly. So there's, so for example, at SEEK, we have flexi days. Mm. Now, they're not mental health days. Are they Saturday and Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We get two every yeah. week. Oh, wow. You look after people, you guys. <laughs> oh, look, I get more than my fair share. I'm yeah. part-time. I only work three days. So, awesome. And I've only ever worked three days. Oh, yeah, talk to us about that. Like, is that yeah. just the value of yours? Absolutely. So, yeah. it's why I took the job at Seek. It was a three-day roll right. week. So, Because um, when they said, oh, she's only available these days for the podcast, I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, she, the US president, is she? She's that busy. No, I'm joking. <laughs> she is in demand. That's right. I have yeah. a very demanding life outside of Seek. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, so I, that is the reason it was a three-day uh, uh, week job and yeah. that's what I wanted. I, like 11 years ago, I wasn't sure where I was going or what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, it was a three-day a week, 12-month contract. Perfect. And then Lasted 11 you know years. It? Exactly. It turned out this is what I want to do and this is where I want to be. Um, but the three-day, the part-time nature of the gig, you know, and that is, that's my work-life balance, that's my mental health, that's, you know, my needs being met for me and what I need and want out of a career. But this thing, so we at Seek broadly, we have um, flex, flexi days and it's, I think it's five flexi days a year that you typically get if you're full time. Now, they're not called mental health days, mm. but essentially they're there to support you in whichever way you need. Now, culturally, we're saying, you know, you're responsible adults mm. to, if you need that to have a, like a day, a down day where you're just like, I need to tap out and it's not part of my holiday regime or mm. my, you know, other commitments. Or if I, I need doctor's appointments mm. and I, oh, I just need to run my life admin. And if I don't run my life admin, I'm going to get stressed out and my mental health's going to go down. And, and I get it. We all know that having a school day off feels better than having a Saturday or Sunday off. Like it's just this, I can't, I can, I can get ahead without life getting ahead of me. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. Maintain control, stay on top. Can I just, you know, and we do have to finish, um, Liv said having a healthy and authentic culture. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot there about flexibility. Um, this is a good one from Ectopic Yoke. Okay, might be a story there. A boss who actively supports continued growth and learning. So that's the L&D stuff, a team that's like family. I would say on the team that's like family, right? And this is so crazy. Like my team, 
and Nath Rach, delete this out if you want, don't care. We've talked about this, you know. <laughs> this is an example. If this makes it to the podcast, um, when I talk about my team, we've agreed that if they don't feel comfortable with it going to air, it gets deleted. But we've found as a team that, you know, families aren't always rosy and there is healthy conflict. There is healthy discussion. And we are trying to practice, well, me as in we, about actually having some real talk to actually go, yeah, I felt this, this made me feel this because of that. And it is awkward, but we stronger out the back of it. And the winner isn't the subject. The winner is that we had the conversation. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, fundamentally, that's also what comes back down into laws of attraction, like having the conversation. Mm. We're here to support, whether it be in, in that sort of dynamic and situation or kind of the broader drivers, giving people the confidence to have the conversation and the tools to have the conversation and the structure around which to guide themselves through a conversation. So understanding that absolutely like conflict is can become a dirty word and it doesn't have to be. It means a difference. It just needs to be healthy. Healthy, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so getting to that point where you actually feel safe enough and trusted enough and you trust in the environment around you having that sense of belonging so that you can have the healthy conflict that allows you to communicate and air what it is that you want or need and that's where having like data can really help because it acts as a third party the impartial the unbiased like it's not just personal I've got some information here that can support me through this conversation like look what I'm looking for out of a culture of an organisation. I'm, you know, I'd like it to be more collaborative or more supportive and I'm not alone in that. Mm. Like this is actually what, yeah, sorry. This no, is, no, no. This is what, you know, candidates like me are saying we want and need. Can we have a conversation around it? Look, here's the data. 78% of candidates are saying they want a more supportive working environment. This is so good. I'll be honest. I was talking to Rach on the way in. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about in this conversation because it's just so out of my wheelhouse, right? But this is so real and all the stuff that we have to acknowledge as part of our career, right? Absolutely, Glenn. This is why I've been talking about it for the last 10 years because it is so real. It's so fundamental and there's so much truth in it that everyone can be a part of. Like, and, And that's like this information is freely available. So... It's not about information as power mm. over somebody else. It's not about, oh, trying to, you know, keep some cards close to your chest. This is about let's get open. Let's mm. talk about this. Let's connect over this. And you can just Google seek laws of attraction and there's a cool tool. You can do all the filters. Anyone can use it, employers, or if you want to see what other employees might want in your career or field, it's awesome. But one thing that I want to finish on and it wasn't planned in any of our prep that I did. I wrote those three words down there. What are those words? Don't feel guilty. Now, a lot of you may feel guilty about saying, hey, I just want to work three days a week. Because what happens in culture, imagine you park a car in the middle of the forest Nature is coming at that car so thick and fast and it's going to grow all over it 
and it's just going to absorb. Like we've seen the old woodsheds, everything gets absorbed back into nature. It's just a matter of time. It covers up. So by you saying for my life goals, for my mental health, for my X, Y, Z, it makes sense to me that I can work three days a week and maybe study and then do a volunteer day, planting trees or do whatever you want to do. You will feel guilty because it's not sociably the acceptable or the norm. And all your friends and family are going to be coming at you thick and fast like those, that car body sitting in the forest getting overgrown and wants to bring you back into society. So you can't feel guilty. Do not feel guilty because your goals matter, your values matter. They're not anyone else's. And this is kind of the whole thing. Like salary is one big part because you can have all the yeah, you can have work-life balance, 100% life, no work. There's no salary. So, <laughs> like, so salary is important, but if I stop paying you, you're not staying around the business because we've got a good culture. So it's all about balance. And I just think someone needed to hear that about feeling guilty. Did you have any mm. weird like extended fa- – and this is the thing, the extended family, the friends of friends, mm. the shade that you might get – if, do you have children? Uh, I do now. I didn't when I took that role. Yeah, but like even, uh, you know, mum's or dad's group. Like yeah. did you ever feel shade? Yeah, it's interesting because um, there's a lot of shoulds, mm. right? And I think it's a really good word to listen out for mm. when you find yourself saying, I should take that full-time role or I should stay in this role or I should get a new role like anything that's got the word should on it just investigate that a little Mm. bit further and Mm. work out where that should is coming from is it the external pressure Mm. is it the parents the siblings the friends the well-intentioned neighbor um or some article or you know tv show just think about where has that should Mm. come from and work out what part of it is i want to i need to Mm. I have to, you know, and with it, that desire. Interesting. And I, I do need to finish, but I could just talk about this all day. I like drawing analogies, right? I'm a bit basic. Yeah. You love that I'm basic? I love it. Yeah, awesome. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. I should clean my teeth every day, right? Because it's a benefit. I'll get bad teeth, I'll, all that stuff, right? If I turn that into a, I want to have good teeth, it's that back engineering that the should doesn't matter because, and I know this isn't, it's different to someone telling you, you should work five days a week. Well, maybe you should if you're in debt up to here, you've got big goals, you've got a mess on your hands, your buddy should get to work and clean up your mess. 100%. (laughs) But (laughs) if you follow what we teach and, you know, have a lean and agile budget, out of consumer debt and congratulations to all those who say that they're on the way to doing that and are getting debt-free in the Facebook group. Once you get through that and you get to your critical mass for life, there are no more any shoulds. Yeah, that's right. Not from within. Mm. Externally there might, historically there might, but absolutely not from within. Mm. And um, and it is, it's interesting that that should from I should brush my teeth to I actually want to 
brush my teeth. Mm. This is that difference between um, that behaviour change. And so you've got to have a change in belief. Mm. Like a should is a belief. There's a belief that sits behind I should. And if you can change your beliefs to go, I want to because I want to have the best, healthiest teeth, the freshest breath for the rest of my life. Or let's kick this can down the road further. I should get a job and go to work. I want to add value to my life and my community and add intention and purpose to my life. Absolutely. And then you start framing, it opens up and closes down where relevant, Mm. a whole scope of opportunities to Mm. you. And you start becoming much more intentional Mm. about who you are, what you're willing to compromise on, Mm. um, where you're willing to extend yourself, put yourself out to, and start thinking about, well, what might I need to do to get there as well? What new skills, what new tools, what um, new people do I need to Mm. meet? Where do I need to to go. Um. Mm. Well, I've got to leave it there. Thank you so much, Caroline North, for coming on um, and for Seek, uh, for giving you, for giving us your time. I'm going to steal from the My Millennial Career Girls podcast. What is the best or worst career advice that you've ever received? Um, I am going to go with... The worst. Yeah. Oh, we love a scandal. Okay. Um, I was 14 years old. I had just completed a week of work experience um, at the Shaw Theatre in London and my dad picked me up on the last night and um, a production that had been worked on all week was just kicking off. So it was their, their opening night and so it was a late night pickup. And I I got in the car and I was so excited and I was so high from the week and so exhilarated and I was like, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life, Dad. And he just turned to me and said, but how are you going to make money? Mm. And that was his first question and he meant it so sincerely. And and I don't regret it now, but for a 14-year-old, thinking about all the ways you can coach someone through a career because having the excitement and the passion is important, but reality hits and you do have to make money. But knowing that that's not the be all and end all, it's like he jumped to the laws of attraction, number one, how are you going to make money? And Mm. it was like, wow, I know that's a part of it, dad. But it actually killed the passion Mm. because I, you know, and the parental approval. It's that the should, you, the shoulders. But I don't, I actually fundamentally don't, regret it Mm. but I can just see there was an opportunity to have a much more um, curious conversation at that point in time he could have asked more questions before asking that one big one (laughs) Mm. well great way to end Carolyn North thank you so much for joining us on My Millennial Money thank you Glenn We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports a variety of charities, and we encourage you to consider giving as part of your overall financial strategy. If you would like some giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to mymillennial.money forward slash charities for more info. 
This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.